Episode 6, The Seed as Physician. Welcome to Thriving with Nature, a podcast that gives you the tools you need to live a modern lifestyle that helps regenerate our planet. And now your host, Hayley Weatherburn. Hello, Thrivers. It's Hayley here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. This episode, I am going to be talking to you about one of the loves of my life. (laughs) I'm going to be talking to you about Anastasia. It's a book by Vladimir Megre. Now, that's Russian, so I may not be pronouncing it correctly. It's the first book of the Ringing Cedar series, and that's a series of nine books, which I've read a couple of times through. I first read this book in 2012, and it had a profound shift on me, unbeknownst to me, because I read it and was just in awe and then suppressed it while I continued on with my life. And fast forward to today, I realized that it awakened something inside me that I wasn't quite able to comprehend in regards to thriving with nature. So Anastasia, I will give you the synopsis, is some people, there's a lot of speculation whether it's true or not, if it's just a fiction or nonfiction. I like to believe that it's based on real events. I love what some of the things she says, which really align with us coming back to nature and thriving with nature. There are some way out wacky things that definitely stretch the mind. I'm not going to deny that they're possible or say that they it's definitely happened. But I, what I do know from these books, thriving with nature was born. Not directly, but it ignited something inside of me. And I'm just going to read you the excerpt that's just on the outside of the book. And it says here, and this is Anastasia or Anastasia talking. In the book you are going to write, Vladimir, there will be unobtrusive combinations, formulations made up of letters, and they will arouse in the majority of people good and radiant feelings. These feelings are capable of overcoming ailments of body and soul and will facilitate the birth of a new awareness inherent in people of the future. Believe me, this is not mysticism. It is in accord with the laws of the universe. And it's just absolutely astonishing. So I reread it for the this first book for about the third or fourth time, just this holiday is gone. And again, highlighting and underlining a lot of things. And so there's one particular part of this book that I really, really want to read to you. And I want to share with you an epiphany I recently had studying with the Soil Advocate training with Kiss the Ground that connects what she talks about in the book to what I'm discovering that's going on in the soil. And to me, this is an absolute profound knowing that I want to share with a lot of people to help us heal ourselves as well as get connected and back in tune with nature. So this particular chapter, it's chapter 11 in the first book, and it's entitled Advice from Anastasia. And so it has a subtitle called The Seed as Physician. So the seed is a doctor, seed as physician. So I'm going to read this to you and I will comment as I go. So just get comfortable, enjoy, get a little cuppa and sit in your nice comfy couch (laughs) and I'm going to read you a story. (laughs) Anastasia has stated, 
Every seed you plant contains within itself an enormous amount of information about the universe. Nothing made by human hands can compare with this information either in size or accuracy. Through the help of these data, the seed knows the exact time down to the millisecond when it is to come alive, to grow, what juices it is to take from the earth, how to make use of the rays of the celestial bodies, the sun, the moon and the stars, what it is to grow into, what fruit to bring forth. These fruits are designed to sustain man's life. And I'm just going to stop there for a second just to give you an excerpt. She calls man with a capital M as in any human. So it's men and women. Uh, she uses it as a term to call, yeah, humans, man, but not just human, a human with a soul, man as a complete mental, physical, emotional, spiritual being. So let me continue. The fr these fruits are designed to sustain man's life more powerfully and effectively than any manufactured drugs of the present or future. These fruits are capable of counteracting and withstanding any disease of the human body. But to this end, the seed must know about the human condition. So I'm just going to read that sentence again. But to this end, the seed must know about the human condition. So for the seed to help heal you, it must know about that. Just keep that in mind. So let me continue. So that during the maturation process, it can satiate its fruit with the right correlation of substances to heal a specific individual of his disease, if indeed he has it or is prone to it. In order for the seed of a cucumber, tomato, or any other plant grown in one's plot to have such information, the following steps are necessary. Before planting, put into your mouth one or more little seeds. Hold them into your mouth under the tongue for at least nine minutes. I just want to pause there for a second. With seeds, be warned that some seeds that you buy from any conventional shop may have poisons or fungicides or insecticides put around them. So these would have to be organic seeds that you know have no chemicals or coverings on it. <laughs> I just want to put a warning out there. There's a warning in the book, but I just wanted to say that. Then place the seed between the palm of your hands and hold it there for about 30 seconds. During this time, it is important that you will be standing barefoot on the spot of earth where you will be later planting it. Open your hands and carefully raise the seed which you are holding to your mouth. Then blow on it lightly, warming it with your breath, and the wee little seed will know everything that is within you. Then you need to hold it with your hands open another 30 seconds, presenting the seed to the celestial bodies. And the seed will determine the moment of its awakening. The planets will all help it. And they will give the sprouts the light they need to produce fruit especially for you. After that, you may plant the seed in the ground. In no case should you water it right off so as not to wash away the saliva which is now covering it along with other information about you that the seed will take in. It can be watered three days after planting. The planting must be done on days appropriate to each vegetable, but people already know this from the lunar calendar. In the absence of watering, a premature planting is not as harmful as an overdue planting. 
It is not a good idea to pull up all the weeds growing in the vicinity of the sprouts. At least one of each kind should be left in place. These weeds can be cut back. Oh, that's a line that's just sprouted some information for me in regards to syntropic agroforestry and the principles we talk about there, keeping the biodiversity. I'll come back to that. According to Anastasia, the seed is thus able to take in information about the person who plants it, and then during the cultivation of its fruit, it will pick up from the universe and the earth the maximum amount of energies needed for a given individual. The weeds should not be disposed of completely as they have their own appointed function. Some weeds serve to protect the plant from disease while others give supplemental information. During the cultivation time, it is vital to communicate with the plant and it is desirable to approach it and touch it during a full moon at least once during its growth period. Anastasia maintains that the fruit cultivated from the seed in this manner and consumed by the individual who cultivated it is capable not only of curing him of all diseases of the flesh whatsoever, but also of significantly retarding the aging process, rescuing him from harmful habits, tremendously increasing his mental abilities and giving him a sense of inner peace. The fruit will have the most effective influence when consumed no later than three days after harvesting. The above-mentioned steps should be taken with a variety of plant species in the garden plot. It is not necessary to plant a whole bed of cucumbers, tomatoes in this matter. Just plant a, a few plants each is enough. The fruit of plants grown like this will be distinguished from other plants of the same species, not only in taste. If analysed, it will be seen that they are also distinct in terms of the substance they contain. When planting the seedlings, it is important to soften the dirt in the excavated hole with one's finger and bare toes and spit into the hole. Responding to my question, why the feet? Anastasia explains that through perspiration from one's feet come substances, toxins, no doubt, containing information about bodily diseases. This information is taken in by the seedlings. They transmit it to the fruit, which will thus be enabled to counteract diseases. Anastasia recommended walking around the plot barefoot from time to time. What kind of plants should one cultivate? Anastasia replied, the same variety that exists in most garden plots is quite sufficient. Raspberries, currants, gooseberries, cucumbers, tomatoes, wild strawberries, any kind of apple tree, sweet or sour cherries and flowers would be good too. It does not make any difference how many plants of each kind there are or how big their area of cultivation is. There are a few definites without which it would be difficult to imagine a full energy microclimate. One of them is sunflowers. At least one plant should also be one and a half or two square meters of cereal grain, rye or wheat, for example, and be sure to leave an island of at least two square meters for wild herbs, growing herbs, ones that are not planted manually. If you have not left any of them growing around your dacha, that's a garden plot in Russia, you can bring in some turf from the forest and thereby create an island of natural growth. Uh, I'm just going to skip for a second. It's not just the variety of plant that is significant, but also how they are planted. The direct communication with them that allows them to take in the information they need. I've already told you about one of the methods of planting. That is the basic one. It is essential to infuse the little patch of nature surrounding you with information about yourself. Only then will the healing effect and the life-giving support of your body be, be significantly higher than from the fruit alone. 
out in the natural wilds, as you call them, and nature really is not wild, it's just unfamiliar to you, there are many, a great many plants that can help us cure all, and I mean all existing diseases. These plants have been designed for that purpose, but man has lost or almost lost the ability to identify them. Now, I just want to skip to this final piece. The chief physician is your own body. Right from the start, it was endowed with the ability to know which herb should be used and when. How to eat and breathe. It is capable of warding off disease even before its outward manifestation. And nobody else can replace your body, for this is your personal physician, given individually to you by God and personal only to you. I am telling you how to provide it with the opportunity to act beneficially on your behalf. If you make connection with the plants in your garden plot, they will take care of you and cure you. They will make the right diagnosis all by themselves and prepare the most effective medicine, especially designed for you. So that's just a part of this book. And it's one of the parts that I love reading. I've highlighted it a thousand times. <laughs> uh, and I want to share, I went up recently in Ubud. We did a garden day where we met Katut, who is the local owner of the land, and we straight some Australian and uh, Chilean uh, volunteers that are helping uh, in that garden plot. And Katut shared that he had a lot of ailments and sicknesses and he started building that garden and he healed himself. And I told him this, this story. And he said, yes, that is so true. I can see how that happened. And so knowing this, this, this is absolutely profound. So the thought of this awakened something inside of me and I'm very excited to be, you know, doing Thriving with Nature because it's around this concept that I want to start building information for people. And one of the things I mentioned was I am doing soil advocate training with Kiss the Ground. And my most recent profound epiphany was as we were studying, what we've learned is, so this is how trees, plants build the soil underneath. And there's a big relationship and ecosystem. So as we know, trees, plants, they grab from the sun, their little solar panels, we call them leaves. They're using the sun's energy to pull the carbon dioxide in through the leaves, turning it into cellulose, which is like a carbohydrate, like a, a sugar that goes down into the roots. And it only uses, it can only use like 30 to 40%. It chooses to use 30 to 40% of that to grow itself. The rest of it, it feeds out to this, I like to call it this ecosystem market of fungi and bacteria. And the fungi and bacteria, they live in the rhizosphere and in the soil. And so the fungi actually uh, connect to the bottom of the roots with these sort of dendral tentacle-like almost roots themselves, very much, much smaller hyphae, it's called, these little fungi roots. And they connect to the roots and the bacteria and they communicate. And so in exchange for that beautiful sugary substance that the plant is giving out, the plant is asking for certain nutrients to satiate it so the and the benefit of the bacteria and the fungi to get these this nutrients to the plant means that that plant will be stronger healthier and feed it feed them more sugars it's this beautiful symbiotic relationship now take this so the fungi will read and go okay it needs this nutrient 
even in droughts, it, the fungi can spread across kilometres under the ground, um, connect to other trees, connect to rocks, minerals, all sorts of crevices where it can find certain nutrients for the tree and bring it back to the plant so it can grow. So it's making sure that that plant is healthy. So coming back to this story, when you are watering, because there's some other methods a little bit later that I can share in another podcast of what you can do. And part of that is watering yourself. In the mornings, you're walking in the garden barefoot and you water yourself. After you've slept all night, obviously we're a bit sweaty and smelly, and that toxins that comes in, you water it and you sort of water it down onto the plant. Now that water with your toxins and diseases information goes down the plant roots, down into where the rhizosphere and this marketplace of bacteria and fungi are. And guess what? They read that. This is my hypothesis. They read that as the plant's deficiency and goes out and gets the nutrients that it believes the plant needs for your fruit and veggie and so it brings it back and so therefore I feel so strongly I, I, I'm just so stoked by what I'm learning is that if we plant this way we're creating ourselves the live supplement garden and so I'm going to be talking more about this live supplement garden and I'd love to hear put some comments below or I'll put some links to my website where you can comment or even in Facebook or on Instagram, I'd love to hear your thoughts. What awakens inside of you when you hear about this? This is something that I'm really, really passionate about and want to share more with you. So yeah, so this is the birthplace of what I like to call the live supplement garden, inspired by this story by Vladimir Megre called Anastasia. I will put a link to where I bought the Ringing Cedar series. It's just, there's nothing I'll get from that, just other than these books, I want to tell you, have never marketed themselves. It's all been word of mouth. They've been translated into 20 plus different languages and sold over 20, uh, 10 million copies. It's, it's a phenomenon, these, these books. Uh, and so I definitely recommend it. So I'll put a link down below in the, in the show notes and, uh, um, definitely read it if it's, it's, inspiring something but otherwise definitely stay tuned let me know any questions you have in regards to this what what does something come up for you um, what would you like to know in regards to this because this is where I want to start talking to about to helping you connect to nature and realize that nature we are part of that symbiotic relationship and together if we start realizing that the soil underneath our plants are alive you realize that putting chemicals and poisons is so detrimental. It's killing the life that actually is supporting us. So there you go. That is Anastasia. I'm so glad to bring her onto the podcast. She is a phenomenal woman. There's so many other stories I could read from that. Uh, let me know if you like this story, if you want to hear more about Anastasia or more about the Live Supplement Garden. I'm so looking forward to connecting you. I'm loving the feedback I'm getting on this podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining me and I wish you an absolutely awesome day. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to my podcast, remember to subscribe to hear more. You also have to come check out the Thriving With Nature website where all of my videos, podcasts and resources are to take what we discuss here to the next level and apply it in real life. I'd love to have you come join myself and many others striving towards living a regenerative lifestyle. Go to thrivingwithnature.com.